If you'd like to read with me, I'll be reading from Proverbs chapter 4, verses 1 through 4. Proverbs 4, 1 through 4. Hear, you children, the instruction of a father, and attend to no understanding. For I give you good doctrine, forsake ye not my law. For I was my father's son, tender and only beloved in the sight of my mother. He taught me also, and said unto me, Let thine heart retain my words, keep my commandments, and live. Good morning, church. I'd like to thank each and every one of you for being here today, and thank you for coming our way, especially if you're visiting on this special uh, day. It's always special to be here on the Lord's Day, but especially today at being Father's Day. So we thank you for being here, especially if you're a father or grandfather. We wish you happy Father's Day. And as we did at Mother's Day, we also want to encourage those that are not fathers. And we want to thank you for doing what you do and encourage you to reach out to others that uh, other young people and other young adults that you might can help and be a father figure too. And I'm sure you've done that, and we want to thank you for doing that. We all want to remind everyone uh, that our next Teen Challenge Meal will be on Monday, July the 9th. Uh, that will be here at the church building. Uh, one of the guys in the group there will be graduating from the year-long program, and so we really want to encourage him and uh, uh, offer our prayers to him and encouragement to him. And so if you can be here, just come and be a part of that. Uh, if you want to help with uh, serving and food, uh, we ask that you will see uh, Miss Diane or Miss Carol and let them know uh, that you can be a part of that. But it's, this is a great opportunity, especially with this young man that will be gra- uh, graduating and so we want to encourage you uh, to be a part of that. Uh, As you know, as you can tell, as Bradley's already mentioned, we're taking care of Vacation Bible School this week. There's been a lot of work going on around the building, and I want to go ahead and say a huge thank you to all those young people and adults that have been here all week, that have been working hard, building sets. And listen, um, I want to encourage you to come back on Wednesday night. Uh, I understand this was done in the past, and so several have talked and encouraged us to do this again. Again, uh, instead of having a summer series speaker this Wednesday night, we're going to have uh, all of you, the opportunity, adults, to go around to our centers. We'll have our young people in here. Uh, all of us will meet in here, and then we'll sing some songs, and then we'll let the adults go around to the centers, and you'll get to see uh, what our young people are doing all week. And so if you haven't had the chance to be a part of that or be around some of these centers, we want to encourage you to be back here on Wednesday evening, and you'll have the opportunity uh, to see those sinners and to see all that hard work that's gone into our Vacation Bible School this week. So we encourage you to come back and be with us uh, on Wednesday as well. Have you ever just really stopped and paused to think about the impact on our families and in society? Of fathers. Now I'm going to show you some uh, quotes and statistics here in just a minute that I will reiterate what, what we're saying. Mothers are a huge impact on the family and society. 
But in the past several years, we've been learning also the huge impact of the Father in the family. In fact, someone has said, if sociologists are making any great claims today, it is that we are living in a fatherless society. While a lot of people have wonderful memories of fathers who love them, many people do not have memories at all like that. And I want you to know, if you're here this morning and you do not have good memories of your father, I want you to know, we're going to look at a scripture in just a few minutes that I hope will greatly encourage you. George Mallory. Maybe you know his name, maybe you don't. George Mallory was uh, the famous mountain climber that lost his life climbing to the peak of Mount Everest and likely was the first one to make it to that point. However, his dream and his pursuit to make it to the, the point of Mount Everest cost his family dearly. In the introduction of the book, Last Climb, George's son John who was just three years old at the time, uh, wrote describing both how he, uh, his excitement and his joy in what his father was able to accomplish, but also the sadness that he felt. Listen to what he wrote in the beginning of that book. He said, I would so much rather have known my father than to have grown up in the shadow of a legend or a hero as some people perceive him to be. The impact of fathers on their families is huge. Uh, one professor of sociology at Rutgers University and a co-director of the National Marriage Project wrote this. Notice, fathers are far more than just a second adult in the home. Involved fathers, especially biological fathers, bring positive benefits to their children that no other person is likely to bring. They provide pr protection and economic support and male role models. They have a parenting style that is significantly different from that of a mother and that difference is important in healthy child development. Fathers, men, grandparents, grandfathers, do not let anyone ever make you feel like a second class citizen as a parent because your role is very, very Important. If you go to focus on the family, you'll find some statistics like this. 82% of studies on father, uh, on the father involvement, father involvement and child well-being published since 1980 found significant associations between positive father involvement and offspring well-being. In other words, the more a father was involved, the more positive that child was throughout life. In an analysis of over 100 studies on parent-child relationships, it was found that having a loving and nurturing father was as important for a child's happiness and well-being and social academic success as having a loving and nurturing mother. Wow. It's just as important as that of the mother. Some studies even indicate father love was a stronger contributor to some important positive child well-being outcomes. 
In the words of Dr. Pruitt, notice what he says, positive father care is associated with a more pro-social and positive moral behavior in both boys and girls. This is borne out by research from the University of Pennsylvania, which indicates that children who feel a closeness and warmth with their father are twice as likely to enter college. 75% less likely to have a child in their teens. And 80% less likely to be incarcerated and half as likely to show various signs of depression. One last statistic. In a 26-year-long study, researchers found that the number one factor in developing empathy in children was father involvement. Fathers spending regular time alone with their children translated into children who became compassionate adults. Fathers, men, whether you are a father biologically or whether you are a father figure to people, your role is important in the development of children and young people. Your role is important to society. Maybe you didn't have such a great role model or father figure in your life. But when we go to Scripture, we find out that God is our Father. In fact, Psalm chapter 68 and verse 5, the Bible says, A father of the fatherless, a defender of widows, is God in His holy habitation. God is the Father of all. And God... For us dads, for us fathers, for us grandfathers, gives us the greatest example that ever can be given. And we'll notice that in just a few minutes. In fact, Jesus, uh, when He taught, He taught to pray, Our Father. Fifteen times, in fact, in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus taught us about our Father. So if we really want to know what a Father is like, we turn to Father God. What is it that makes a godly father? Two things quickly this morning. First of all, a godly father is a compassionate father. And that's what fathers that want to be godly fathers, that's what we seek to strive to be. And we learn that because our Heavenly Father is compassionate to us. Psalm 103, verses 13 and 14. Notice what the Bible says. As a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear Him. For He knows who we are. Uh, He knows how we are formed. He remembers that we are dust. And aren't we glad that our Heavenly Father has compassion on us? So much love and compassion, and we'll talk more about that in a minute, but so much love and compassion that He sent Jesus to die for us. What an example of a compassionate, loving Father. He is a compassionate God, and I am thankful. Because I know I make mistakes. I know I mess up. Even as a father, I mess up. And I need the Father's compassion. And I want to express that compassion to my children as well. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 3 and 4, Paul writes this. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort. 
who comforts us in all of our tribulation, that we may be able to comfort those who are in any trouble with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. Aren't you glad God shows comfort and compassion on us? The Bible speaks of that many, many times. And Father God is our example, fathers, of how to show compassion to our children. One of the roles of fatherhood is for us to be compassionate fathers, like the father of Derek Redmond. Maybe you remember the story of Derek Redmond. It was the Summer Olympics of 1992. It was the quarterfinals of the 400-meter sprint. British athlete Derek Redmond was one of the favorites for the gold medal that year. He had spent a lifetime of training just to get this point. And so the gun sounded and the runners took off. Halfway through the race, Derek Redmond was in the lead. And then disaster struck. He tore his hamstring and he fell to the track. As medical people uh, tried to come and, and administer to him, he waved them off because he, in his mind, he had come to race and he was going to finish the race. The crowd was mesmerized. Uh, officials really didn't know what to do, especially as he brushed off officials. And then, all of a sudden, from the crowd, a man comes down onto the track and runs down to meet a hobbling Derek Redmond. And it was his father, Jim. By the way, you can YouTube this and it's a powerful, powerful video. And his father said, you don't have to do this, son. Yes, I do, Derek replied. Then we will finish this race together, his father said. Arm in arm, with agony on the face of Derek, a tear of sadness in the eye of his father, Jim, they continued down the track. By the time they reached the finish line, the crowd was in a roar and applause as Derek crossed that line. What was the difference? Oh sure, he had some great determination. But what was the difference in that moment and probably every moment that led up to that point was his father and the compassion that his father showed him Obviously all his life, but especially in that moment on that stage at the Barcelona Olympics in 1992. And it said that that was the greatest memorable moment of all those games. What an example of the compassion and comfort of a father. And fathers, grandfathers, our children... Children and young people in this church family need that kind of an example. You see, the impact of fathers is tremendous. It makes all the difference in the world. Amen. All the difference in the world. The compassion of fathers. And let us be compassionate fathers like our heavenly father is compassionate to us and in the second place this morning <clears throat> a godly father inspires love not fear 
We are to fear God, and the Bible says keep His commandments. But not fear Him to the point that we are scared to death of Him. He is our loving Father. Notice the words that Paul writes to the church at Rome in Romans chapter 8, verses 15 and following. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption, by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. The Spirit Himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God, and if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ, if indeed we suffer with Him, that we may also be glorified together. Paul reminds us that we as God's children, now listen, we are heirs of the inheritance of Father God. We are co-heirs with Jesus Christ. Now listen, whatever, whether you had a great father on this earth or not, whatever the example, that has to make you excited. That has to make us feel loved and accepted by Father God. Paul would also write to the church at Galatians, Galatians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7. Because you are His sons, God sent the Spirit of His Son into our hearts, the Spirit who calls out, Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave, but God's child. And since you are His child, God has made you also an heir. You see, when we come to God and we give Him our life, we give Him the rest of our life through faith and obedience. And when we come up out of the water and grave of baptism, being washed with the blood of Christ, added to the church, we are children of God. Not slaves. Not just some old humans. We are children of God. Thank God for His love. And that's the example that He set for us. There's a story about a Spanish father and a son who had become estranged. The son ran away. The father spent months and months searching for him to no avail. Finally, in a last-ditch effort, in a desperate effort to find his son, he put an ad in the Madrid newspaper. The ad read, Dear Paco, Meet me in front of this newspaper office at noon on Saturday. All is forgiven. I love you, your father. You know what happened on Saturday? 800 Pacos showed up in front of that newspaper office seeking the love of their father. You think the impact of a father... Is not important. It is. The impact of earthly fathers are important. All of us realize the impact of the Heavenly Father is even greater. Our goal is to be men who inspire our children to love, to inspire love in our children by loving our children. Child abuse in our country is startling, isn't it? 
Many children live, grow up living in fear of their fathers. You see, someone has said, discipline is not child abuse, and because it is given in love, it is not a source of fear. Though not pleasant, discipline, when it's explained, carried out f- fairly, makes a huge difference in the lives of young people. And it assures us of the love of our Father and the love of Father God. Doesn't the Bible say God disciplines those He loves? And young people, I know it's not fun. But when our fathers and our mothers discipline us, it's because they love us. And it's because they're following the example of Father God. Someone has said, fathers can inspire love in their children by three things. Number one, assuring them verbally of their love for them. Men, tell your children you love them. It means a lot. Also by spending time with them, quality time with them. And by being good husbands to the child's mother. These make all the difference. I want to do something that's a little unusual. And I want to promise you that it will be brief. But if you're a father this morning, or a grandfather, I would like for you to stand. If you're a father or a grandfather, please stand at this moment. I just briefly want to lift you up to the Heavenly Father at this moment. Let us pray. Holy Father, thank You for these men. Thank You for their compassion and their love for their families and for bringing them to be with the church and to worship You. Father, I want to ask that You will be with them as they continue to lead their families and as they continue to be men of compassion and love to their families. That You will help them when they need to discipline their young people. That You will help them as they lead their families as a whole. And Father, I pray your your many blessings on them as they seek to provide, to protect, and lead their families. For Your glory, Father. In Christ's holy name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Thank you. In 2 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 18, the Bible says, And I will be a father to you, and you will be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. At his father's funeral, American sprinter Carl Lewis, he placed the 100-meter gold medal that he had won from the 1984 Olympics in the hands of his father lying there in the casket. He said to his surprised mother, he said, don't worry, I'll get another. One year later, in the 100 meter finals, at the 1988 Games, Lewis was competing against Canadian world record holder Ben Johnson. Halfway through the race, Johnson had about five steps on Lewis. But Lewis, in his mind, he said, I can catch him. As they neared the finish line, Lewis was convinced that he couldn't make it. He thought in his mind, it's over, Dad. 
And as Johnson crossed the finish line, Johnson held his hand up in the air looking back at Lewis, kind of taunting him. And Lewis was exasperated. He noticed Johnson's bulging muscles and yellow-tinged eyes, both indications of steroid use. And this is what uh, Lewis said in an interview afterward. He said, I didn't have the medal, but I could still give to my father by acting with class and dignity. And through the agony of defeat, after promising to gain another medal, he realized, though he had been taunted in his face, he realized, I can still give back to my father. Hmm. Sounds very similar to something Paul wrote about children, honor, your father and mother, that it may go well with you. And he honored his dad that day. After the race was over, he went over to the victor who had taunted him and shook his hand and congratulated him on the victory. Several days later, Johnson tested positive for anabolic steroids and was stripped of his medal and it was given to Lewis as a replacement for the one he had given to his father. Not only did he give his father the greatest gift probably than any gold medal on the face of this earth and that was honor and dignity by the way he acted and handled a difficult situation. And as icing on the cake, he also received the medal. Fathers, it's our challenge to follow the example of our Heavenly Father, to be godly fathers, godly men, by showing compassion and love to our children and our families. I want you to notice in closing this morning, 1 John chapter 3, verses 1 and 2. See what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God, and that, that is what we are. The reason the world does not know us is that it did not know Him. Dear friends, now we are children of God. And what we will be has not yet been made known, but we know that when Christ appears, we shall be like Him, for we shall see Him as He is. For us all, if we've given our life to the Lord, we are God's children. And He has lavished His love on us. And for that, we should be truly thankful. Today, if you're not a child of God, we want you to know God has lavished His love on the world for those who would accept Him through faith and obedience. And you can do that today. Has the Word of God touched your heart recently or this morning? God loves you so much that He gave His only begotten Son for you. That those who come in faith and obedience and are buried with Him in baptism can rise in newness of life, becoming His child. Maybe you're here today. and Maybe you haven't had the best example of a father 
And maybe you've wandered off. Maybe you've had some trials in your life. We want you to know God has lavished His love on you. We stand here willing and ready to pray with you and pray for you. To put our arms around you and lavish you with the love of God. Whatever your need is this morning, we ask, please don't wait another moment. But come forward to the loving Father and let us assist you any way we can as together we stand and sing.